Welcome to the Hardwick Evangelical Church Weekly Podcast. Are we glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? It's gorgeous sunshine. A bit breezy, but it's lovely. It's beautiful. Reminds us of the sun of God shining on us. Hallelujah. And throughout the studies in the Bible, <clears throat> we have seen who God is and what he wanted, always he wanted, and he still wants to do with the people he created. We have seen God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And today we'll try to understand why this God uh, had to come and be among the people in, he created to come and be in person. And who was the one who came? We are going to start our study today and uh, allow God to help us by reading from the Gospel of Mark, the 10th chapter. Verses 17 to 22. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all this I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And this man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. We, use, we see this young man running to catch up with Jesus, who was departing, he wanted to go somewhere else. And when he caught up with him, and of course the disciples who were with him, without asking permission, without apologizing, he just fell on his knees. And he knelt before Jesus so he could ask him something very important. And we see what happened when Jesus answered his question. He asked, what can I do to inherit the eternal life? And when Jesus gave his answer, he went away sad. Why? He seemed to be sincere with his question, 
it seemed very important to get an answer from Jesus, which he hoped to help him with his life, his spiritual life, if nothing else. And Jesus looked at, looked at him and he loved him. He saw how he ran and how he knelt in front of him and he addressed him, good teacher. He knew God, Jesus was God, he knew what he was going to ask him. And he loved him because he realized he had a need and he wanted to help him. And he looked at him and loved him. So precious that God looks at his creation, a man, and loves him. He wanted to help him, but the young man in Matthew says that he was rich, and in Luke he says that he was a ruler, didn't understand Jesus' message. Sell everything and come and follow me. It sounded a bit strange to the young man. All you, need, all you need, young man, in your life is me. At the moment, it seems that he's content with his life, his position, his money, and he's not asking for something for this present life because most men inquire for good things to be done in the present life, but not this one. He asks for good things to be done in this world in order to enjoy greatest good in the other world, the eternal life. If you had asked any Pharisee or any member of one of the other sects in, of the time uh, what you should do to inherit the eternal life, they would almost certainly have given you two sorts of replies. First, they would have given you their own detailed interpretation of the Jewish law. The law itself uh, defined Israel as God's people, but granted that Israel as a whole uh, was full of sinners, as the prophet said. And it was necessary to follow a more precise understanding of the commandments. The rabbinic law have plenty of material like that. Whenever they found the law a bit difficult, they were trying to do something to help it. And we were told, for example, that the law was saying on Sabbath, you cannot walk more than 100 uh, meters away from your own home, your own possession. So because they wanted to travel more than 100 meters, they had established little stations, something from their own home in a hundred meters distance, they put it there, signifying that this part of my own home. And then in another hundred meters further down, they put another thing from their own home, saying this is still my home. So from a hundred meters to hundred meters to hundred meters, they found a way of not uh, violating the law, but it suited their own 
interpretation of the law. So this rabbinic law was making sure to help all these little queries. And the second help was to suggest, of course, to join their own group, their own sect, and then you will be able to enjoy, even in the present life, the security of knowing that you will inherit eternal life. And I'm sure this young man had followed this advice because all the children were, most of the children were brought up with the knowledge of the law, with the, uh, their own religion. So this young man most probably had followed this advice feeling that he was sure that he kept the law to the letter. But we know people will not be justified by the law unless they have kept it perfectly, which no one has. We cannot expect to be justified by a law that we have only kept occasionally and have broken often. And Jesus reminds the young man that no one is good except God alone. And by saying this to him, he tries to make him understand that by calling Jesus good, good teacher, he is making a statement that Jesus is God. Because only God could be good. So if you are calling somebody good, it means that you elevate him to that standard. He is God. And only him can help him. God. Because only God is perfect. God gave the law to reveal his standard of absolute righteousness to convict us all of our true guilt before him so that we will see our need for the gospel. We read all this in uh, Romans in the second chapter. In verses uh, 19 to 20, Now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by over overseeing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. So this young man would have realized where he was standing with the law of God. From the beginning of the world, we have seen in our studies that God loves and cares all the people. He wants to do good to the people. The first people on earth were Adam and Eve, who failed to follow God and enjoy all the blessings by sinning. They failed to promote this love of God to the new world. And God gave the Lord to help his people by showing them what was wrong and to avoid it. 
So the first Adam failed to fulfill this mission. Jesus came as the second Adam, and he was born by Mary, the Virgin Mary. He was born a perfect human, but remaining always a perfect God. And he was God, the angel that God sent to uh, the father of Jesus, he was saying that you are calling, going to call him Jesus, which means savior. And they call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We read this in Matthew in the first chapter. And we read now in Romans, in the third chapter, verses 20 to 23. Therefore, no one would be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But now, a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So he stresses in verse 22 that faith in Jesus Christ brings righteousness. I will say it again. It shows that faith in Jesus Christ only brings righteousness. Is that an answer that we can understand why this young man was wondering how he could uh, get eternal life to be righteousness, but he failed. And what is important here is what it says that by faith in Jesus, we are going to have righteousness. We said that only God could give righteousness because he's perfect. So again, we see that Jesus Christ is God. And if people believe in God, in Jesus Christ, it makes us understand more and more who Jesus is and why we need Jesus. Because if we have faith in Jesus, that will bring righteousness in our life. And we come to the most important news of the gospel, the sacrifice. In the law, he was saying, he was teaching that God was requiring the shedding of blood in a sacrifice to sin, to forgive the sin and the sins of the people. They had to offer a, per a perfect new lamb, clean and pure. And every year, the Jews were going to Jerusalem to present their offerings to God, their sacrifices, 
with the hope that God will accept it and forgive them. But we see that although they followed the law and although they were offering their gifts and their sacrifices to God, they were going back and sinning again and again and again and again. Although they offered their sacrifices and God had forgiven their sins for that time, they were, they were going back and they were incapable of keeping you know, themselves uh, pure and innocent. They were sinning again. So they needed to go back and do another sacrifice. And they were sinning again and they had to go back and another sacrifice. They never managed to get uh, absolution. They were not justified and free from sin. Their law and sacrifices were not giving redemption to them. They needed the gospel word and the redemption of God. They needed a perfect sacrifice which will bring them salvation and perfect forgiveness. Because God was, for, was forgiving them for a particular sin and they were sinning again. So they needed something to help them get out of this sinning nature. The perfect sacrifice. The devil who was torturing the people with his lies and his attacks had to be defeated once and for all. That devil that made Adam and Eve to sin and bring sin in the world had to be defeated once and for all. Enough is enough, said God. No ordinary sacrifice and blood was enough to do this job. It had to be the perfect one, and we read in Romans, in verses 23 to 26, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by his grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who, was, who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So people needed somebody to come in their lives and bring this justification, brings, to bring this redemption, the freedom, the absolute freedom. And Jesus accepted his Father's will for sending him to come to this world and show the people God's love in action. Jesus was God on earth, but he was also a perfect human being. And as a human, demonstrated with his life that he remained pure and clean from sin 
And when the time came to be the real sacrifice, he was doing it to justify his father's requirement for a blood sacrifice, pure and innocent. Nobody else could have offered that sacrifice. Only somebody who was perfect. The perfect lamb was not enough. They needed something much, much purer and innocent. And Jesus accepted to become this lamb of sacrifice. Jesus had to come to this world because God loved the world so much that he gave his son so that everybody who believed in him, he would be saved. And there was no other way to be done. God could have made a miracle and, uh, I don't know, in a miraculous way bring this salvation, but God wanted to show them that a perfect man, Adam failed, who was the perfect man in creation, but then he failed. When God gave him freedom, he failed. But Jesus comes as a second Adam, and he remains pure for this purpose, to give his life in sacrifice for us, taking all the sins of the world on him, on the cross, the sins of his time and the sins of the coming generations, so people will be free and justified if they accepted his death on the cross. To believe that his body and blood was given for each one of us. His death that brings life for every believer. He died on the cross, he buried, he was buried, and he took all our sins in the grave and defeated death. Where is your glory now, devil? You don't have any power over us because Jesus Christ defeated you in your own kingdom. We do not need to offer any sacrifices anymore because Jesus has done it for us already. And when we get baptized, symbolizes that we accept to die in our sins, we bury our sins under the water, under the grave like Jesus did for us. And we live now because he lives. Only Jesus could have done this. That's why God came on this earth. He loved us so much that he wanted to help us get the pure life, the hope of eternal life. And we live because he lives. Father, Father God, Father, Son, and Father, and God, Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you because in your plan before even the world was created, 
you knew what you were going to do. That one day you were going to send a redeemer. And the redeemer had to be pure. Only Jesus could do that. And we thank you for sending Jesus in our lives. Maybe we are in need of God because we have so many uh, little things in our lives that we have to give you. This young man had the riches. We might have other reasons. But you are there, Lord, for you, for us to ask your help and you to come and help us. Please make us understand this great sacrifice, this great offer you gave us in Jesus. We thank you always in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about Hardwick Evangelical Church, please click the website link in our bio.